This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. My name's Anthony Padilla and I spent a day with Wilbur Soot. We'll uncover the truth about how becoming a massively popular Minecrafter and musician has made him completely rethink his private relationships, what he's learned from angry backlash on the internet, and we'll also hear some stories of some awkward fan interactions. By the end of this video, we'll find out if entertaining millions of followers has been a wholly rewarding experience, or if having countless eyes scrutinizing your every move comes with torment more cruel than anyone could ever imagine. Hello, Wilbur! Hi. You are the first guest that's ever been on my show that uses exclusively three-in-one shampoo. Can I tell the story? I was going to a hotel and I realized I didn't have any shampoo. And sometimes the shampoo they give you is just like crap. But I'll get anything that isn't that. So I go into a Tesco's and I grab the first like just first thing I see. And immediately when I walk out, someone's like, well, but sir, do you want to take a photo with me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I take a photo holding my three-in-one shampoo in my hands. <laughs> was any part of you prepared for the amount of attention that you now receive. I don't think anyone can really come to terms with it. The human mind isn't supposed to get that. How long ago did you first start creating content? 2008. Do you still have those videos online? Yeah. Can you show me a quick clip? <laughs> That's me. That's 11 year, oh, yeah. 11 year old me. I'm at the same time jealous that you have footage of you this young. I kind of wish I could see what I would do, but also so grateful that this technology did not exist when I was your age, because I don't even necessarily even know what I would do. <laughs> I'm not that embarrassed by it. I'm actually pretty, I'm, I have a problem with it. How did your content continue to evolve? I made a Minecraft channel yeah. in 2011, and then I stepped away from Minecraft, thank God, because I progressed beyond Minecraft, mm. you know? What do you think propelled you into the massive popularity that you see today? Luck. My first sort of big push was on the idea of like Minecraft butt. Was, Minecraft butt. Yeah, Minecraft comma butt. And then that ended up being a really cool little title concept because everyone started doing People it. People still and, use it today. Yeah. Some of the most popular Minecraft channels. That was well, your original concept? I've given myself the accolade of the first, but I don't actually know. So It's probably true. And all that matters is if you believe. I do, I do. In my heart <laughs> of hearts, I believe. How quickly was that growth? I did a YouTube video with Call Me Cars. I saw on Twitter he'd made a Minecraft server. So on the video, I said to him, can I join? And he was like, yeah, what's your Twitch stream? And I was like, I don't, I don't stream. And he was just like, well, you got to stream to join. I, I'd never streamed before. I had no interest in being streamed. So I was just like, oh, fine. So I made a Twitch channel and streamed just so I could join their server. I remember my first 1,000 viewer stream was a month or two after I started my channel. And yeah. I made SMP Earth, which was like Minecraft, but a big globe. Here we are. SMP Earth. Look at everyone. <laughs> Should we see what's going on in the rest of the map? Oh my god, Europe is popping, dude. It was the stepping stone between the SMP Live and Dream SMP era of the two biggest SMPs on like Twitch. How did and you meet Tommy there? Because I, I feel like Tommy has been kind of intrinsically connected mm -hmm. to your journey. <laughs> he was a late addition. The server was literally about to be like live, open, anyone could join. And um, I get a message from someone, hey, can you add this guy, Tommy, in it? So I went on the stream and he was, he was, he was, he was kind of funny. Hey, hey, what, what's a, a favorite I Am Stones place to live? 
caves. Estonia. <laughs> so, I like, so I was like, yeah, sure. Just kind of. He got let into the Dream SMP. He was like the first wave of people added. I was like third, I think. I basically just asked, can I join? And uh, I really like Hamilton. It's the entire beginning of the Dream SMP is just Hamilton really? roleplay. Yeah. So we made a, an isolated area for just Europeans, and we called it Lemanberg. That's the entire beginning, and then it was Dream, and then it was Hamilton. Have oh, people no. put that oh, together? Yeah. yeah, people have. Are you planning and writing, and like, do you have a sh like just an outline of points that you want to hit? I would have a sort of like hit sheet of like a treatment, yeah. so like of what was going to happen in the story, and then how we would flow to each piece. Uh, would be done through improv. What were your stream numbers like during this time? Were they uh, exponentially increasing? I, I think I remember the first moment where I was like, wow, was like I had 60,000 people waiting on my starting soon screen. I remember I took a photo on my phone because I yeah. was like, this is ridiculous. Literally the next stream I did, there was 80,000 people and stuff. Basically, it's always been like incremental jumps. Yeah. You just got to do what you love and then just get lucky. Do what you, <laughs> love, do what you love and get lucky. That's a tip for you yeah. for life. Take that one. <laughs> Was there a moment when you realized, oh shit, this is this could be the rest of my life? It was definitely from YouTube, not from Twitch, oh. when I decided it could be a career. Very early on in my Minecraft stuff, when it started to like get loads of views, I was like, oh wow, money. <laughs> you know? What was it, looking at your check that came in the mail? Yeah, or? I'd already been making stuff from Soot House before, and I was getting a, a big cut of that. It was always an amount that was like, yeah, this is really good, you know, I've got a solid amount of money in the bank, but mm. if that channel were to go, woo, I'd be, straight out looking for a job, you know? Yeah. When I got paycheck from the new channel, so the Wilbur Soot channel, yeah. and it was probably about the same as what I got from my entire time at Soot House, I remember being like, that's money. Were you going to school at the time? Yeah, I was at uni. Did you drop out? No. Whoa. I finished it. Whoa. My graduation was yesterday. What? I wasn't there. Yeah, I graduated. I just didn't show up to the ceremony. Wait, what were you going to school for? Editing. And now you're like actually, you've actually been on the field training and editing for years. Well, I don't do any editing now. Every editor wants to be a director and every director wants to retire. That's what they say. <laughs> were you working anywhere else when you first started seeing success? Yeah, I was a cashier. I remember I got, I got 10,000 subs and I was like, that's a lot of subscribers. And I didn't quit. The only time I quit was when I went to uni. On the day I decided I was going to quit, we had a um, worker meeting about stuff. There's been a guy with a gun who's been going around to all the supermarkets in the area, and they basically sat us down and he told us, like, right, this is what you got to do if he comes in. You got to make sure the safe is locked. You got to make sure you press the silent alarm under the desk. You got to make sure the doors are wide open so all the customers can leave. And I was just thinking, what happens if I just run? I just, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, so I, you better throw your body in front of that bullet. <laughs> he was, like, he was basically saying, do as the man says, but it was more like. Like, if he comes in and points a gun at me and says, open up the safe, don't lock it, I'm not locking that safe. Wilbur, you better die for this company. Yeah, he was like, and it felt like that. And I remember on that day, I was like, I'm resigning, I don't want to do yeah, this. Yeah, you're well, like, I'm not going to risk getting yeah. killed for this. Yeah, and I went and I got drunk for an entire week. Oh, that probably would have been more likely to kill you than... More than the gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Over 120 million views on YouTube, 500 million streams on Spotify. Your music is obviously insanely successful. How long ago did you start playing music? Three and a half years ago. Three and a half years four, ago. Four, I think. Just four years ago, you picked up an instrument for the first time. Yeah, it was a ukulele. And now you have over 600 million streams of your music. It's the luck, man. It's the, it's luck. the, luck. It's the luck. I don't think you can boil it down to luck when well, you're like, oh, I was lucky with my music. Oh, I was lucky with my streaming. Oh, I was lucky with being tall. <laughs>
Kidao, definitely. I picked up a ukulele for the first time. I was quite sad. It was sort of a downer point of my life. And I wasn't happy with who I was at all as well. It's sort of like me, 18, 19, 20 years old. Yeah. I really look back and I'm like, fuck that guy, dude. What was it that you didn't yeah. like? So I thought I was an untouchable, just, just brilliant person. I never did anything like bad, obviously, thankfully. It was around the time my girlfriend broke up with me as well. Uh, and I was like, fuck me. Yeah, I'm fucking awful. I started playing a ukulele because I was like, I want to give it a go. And it became the one thing I did ever. Is that where you learn to like reflect on yourself and your yeah. feelings? I was sort of just on my own a lot of the time. And that was really good for me. It's funny how uh, those toughest times sometimes are the things that define us mm -hmm, in many ways. Mm -hmm. They're like the huge shift in our life. And that was it for you. I'm so glad I didn't have what I'm having now at age 17, like Tommy and Tubbo. <laughs> Do so you think you were kind of a shithead back then because of an insecurity? What do you think it was? I guess I was a little bit insecure because I felt like I'd missed out on like so much of life. Why? I was the creepy, smelly, weird kid. So middle school, I was, yeah. it was like the time of my parents' divorce. My dad didn't have a bed for me. So I slept on a futon on the floor with my dog. So I stunk. Yeah. Uh, I didn't shower much. I used to sleep in my school uniform for the next day so that I could just roll out of bed and go to school. I was pretty repulsive. And I think when I went to college, that was when I sort of stopped doing that. And that was the time when I was like, right, let's not do that anymore. And then the ego came with it. I that discovery everyone has when they reach young adulthood where they're like, wow, I was a dicker when I was a teenager. I always wanted to write my own song, and the idea of writing my own song was really cool. It was when I met one of my friends called Tommy. Tommy not in it. He had a band, and he was like, yeah. join it. And I went, okay, and I played bass. I've never played a bass before, but I, you, I figured it you out. You joined a band and played a bass that you had never played before? Yeah. They needed a bassist, and I said, I can learn. It's just strings in it. How quickly did you learn? No, it was awful. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not fooling anyone. I was really bad. I quit that band in dramatic fashion in the rain. After our first gig, I walked out into the rain to our van. The lead singer comes out and goes, I thought that went really well. <laughs> Wait, was he being serious? Yeah, he's being serious. But the lead guitarist from the band is now in my band. You started a band. And I wanted to be the Arctic Monkeys. I wanted to be Two Door Cinema Club. So me and Joe wrote a bunch of songs. We were like, we need a bassist and a drummer. I was in a burger shop with my friend James. And James's friend had a bass on his back. And I went, do you play bass? And he goes, yeah. And I go, do you want to be in my band? And he goes, yeah. And I say, here's my address. And then on the day of studio, we just sort of have a drummer. So I booked Garth Fiverr. And he comes into the rehearsal and we play him the songs and he's just immediately, this is crazy. And I just said to him, do you want to scrap the payment and just join? And he goes, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And then how quickly did Lovejoy blow up? Because it's like obviously huge. Yeah, pretty immediately. But, but that was because of the previous Minecraft stuff. Uh, I had a little shortcut, <laughs> a little cheat sheet. My goal with Lovejoy is to make something that's worth it, that it could have done well without yeah. the So make something that's worth it, that it you know inspires people. Where do you plan to take it? Do you plan to focus more of your energy on the music so it does stand the test of time? By itself. Music is so fulfilling to me and Twitch and YouTube is still fulfilling for me, but it's not as much as it used to be. Mm. Mainly because I feel like I, I don't really have any goals for it. My goal with music is I want to play NPR's Tiny Desk. That's a big dream for me. I want to be on a stage and I want to walk out and then have that wave of boom. And then yeah. I want to be playing songs and then saying the lyrics and feeling them shouting the lyrics back at me. Do you ever fear that everything could disappear as quickly as it came? That's always the fear, I guess, for everyone. The fact of the matter is, is like it's rare to not 
lose your true like you true. know your drive i don't check numbers really or like yeah, i was gonna say even when you're streaming do you have your view count on i have a view count on but it's very factual looking as opposed to it's like a measure of your yeah. success or your worth so like it's a metric for deciding what i'm gonna do next time numbers don't mean how good something is at all being the most popular doesn't mean it's the best and not at all being most popular means you're the most popular mm. which is a good accolade in itself if you want to treat youtube like a video game do it that's fun <laughs> you know i get that but it's like i i don't there was an uproar because you removed your nice guy ballad. It was the first comedy song I ever wrote. Making fun of the idea of the nice guy, you know, the misogynistic kind of like, girls only want bad guys. And you know, I was really nice to this girl and she didn't have sex with me. That restraining order was a bit far. All I did was attach a tracker onto your car. Par for the course of these kind of people is that they tend to have a lot of other skewed beliefs. And I was trying to tackle all of these. I was making fun of all of them while playing the character of this nice guy. And one of the lyrics in the song, I say that he was checking to make sure she wasn't seeing any black guys. I thought it was funny making fun of this guy. I played the song live once. Yeah. And this guy came up to me after the show. And when I thought that song was really, that lyric was really crap. And I went, yeah, you're right. I said, well, yeah, that was shit. I changed to seeing any other guys. And yeah. I was just like, oh, I'll leave the video up. But you know, whenever I played it live after that, I never said black guys, it was other guys after uh -huh. that. Years later, someone finds it and says, look at this. This is bad. Yeah. Everyone came at it and was like, this is fucking Will sucks. And I was like, yeah. It does, like it does suck. Yeah, it like this suck. was me three years ago. Yeah, I left the song up because it was like, what's the point in apologizing and then hiding everything? You know, I actually deleted it fully a couple months ago. I didn't want to make it about me. It was yeah. about the song. So I waited until the backlash died down and I deleted it. Has that pushed you away from making comedy music? No, not at all. Mm. I've, I've decided that long before I released even half of those songs that name. So I just feel like you can definitely make be funny and not offend people. And I think it's more fun that way. I've heard some people imply that Minecraft stan culture mm. is particularly toxic. Have you encountered any of that? I've had weird ones, obsessive stalkerish. I've had oh. ones who call themselves stans who are just fans. And it's like, it's weird because I would have definitely been a stan had that kind of culture existed when I was a teenager. Was it more I, I, so about the community rather than like the people that you were? Absolutely. I think that if you swapped all of us out for different people, they would just stand different people. Most of the things that happen that denote Minecraft stands being toxic occur amongst maybe one or two people. And the problem isn't stands. Stands are happy. They are enjoying a connection in a time when everyone's locked inside. And they found friends who also do that. The difference is, is that Twitter will promote the parts that make people angry. Twitter promotes rage culture. Yes, and that's all it is. You have to remember that everything you see is based on anger and it just takes one person saying something stupid for everyone to... How do you prevent yourself from getting too caught up in the negativity? Go outside. Touch grass. Touch grass. Yeah, genuinely. It's a meme, but it's... Tommy does these vlogs where he goes out and does all these cool stuff. And he always says, I haven't thought about Twitter once. Speaking of controversy, I feel like we needed to squash the biggest controversy that you've dealt with. Before we continue learning about the world of Wilbur Soot, I'd like to really quickly bring your attention to a couple other episodes that may pique your interest, such as I Spent Today with Dream, Corpse, Rambu, Tubbo, Carl, Tommy and Anishu, legendary OG Minecrafters, Dan CDM, LD Shadow Lady. Holy shit, I have done a lot of episodes relating to Minecraft. Many of those episodes, by the way, are available completely uncensored in their podcast form. 
links down below for that. And while you're here, I'd also like to thank you for sitting through these sponsor segments because without them, many of these episodes wouldn't even be possible. Like Honey, for example, who has continued to support and sponsor this series. As you probably know, Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one that it finds to your cart so you don't have to stare at that empty discount code box in your cold dead eyes every time you're at checkout. Because if Honey finds a working coupon, a little Honey button drops down, that sweet little baby looks you in the face and, and applies that coupon. And Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from tech to popular fashion brands and food delivery. Honey has personally saved me a fuck ton of money when I venture into my online buying trance, including articles of clothing that I'm currently wearing that I refuse to show you. Honey is literally free and installs in just a few seconds. So if you want to do yourself a solid and also support this series, get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash Padilla. Again, it's free, and if you go to joinhoney.com slash Padilla, you'll be directly supporting this series. And a huge shout out to BetterHelp for their continued partnership. If you've been keeping up with this series, you know that therapy has been really beneficial in shaping who I am today by allowing me to have empathy for my younger self and therefore understand my current self better. But therapy can be customized to whatever is right for you and can be useful in providing tools that help with motivation, feelings of depression, anxiety, stress, insecurity, or whatever else that you might need. BetterHelp has been continuing to improve throughout the years, and they screen all their therapists to ensure that they have experienced and that they're certified and licensed, and they provide customized therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone or speak over the phone if that's not something that you're comfortable with. As so many of you have probably found out by now, therapy can be expensive, and the price of finding a therapist that you like and that you connect with can be overwhelming which is why BetterHelp offers a more affordable alternative to in-person therapy where you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So thank you to BetterHelp for giving us Spend a Day with viewers and listeners 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Padilla. That's betterhelp.com slash Padilla. Now back to the world of Wilbur Soot. Speaking of controversy, I feel like we need to squash the biggest controversy that you've dealt with. Okay. I haven't brought this up with you. You haven't. Your glasses, are they real? <laughs> so I was like panning through my mind, like fucking sipping out, like what is it? Like what, I'm not very controversial. <laughs> the fear in your eyes. Are your glasses real? No. Wow. I'm a, I'm a sucker for fast fashion. I'm, I'm a problem. I say, try them on. There's nothing. Now know what it feels like to be Wilbur. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got far too strong a jawline to be Wilbur. So give it back. Do you get recognized in public a lot? What's a lot? Probably at least one time per outing. It's like about two or three. And that's like just the walk to the shops. If yeah. I'm spending like a day outside, yeah. I'll be lucky if it's like less than 10. But the majority of the weird ones are just people shouting my name at me. One time I was at a theme park and this kid just goes, and then no one was paying any attention and all of a sudden it was just hordes. I had one where I was being recognized quite a lot and then this kid on a scooter wearing a Fortnite hoodie just rolls up to me and just goes, Among us. And just points at me and I go, yeah. <laughs> and he just stares at me and I go, do you want to take a photo? And he just goes, and just scoots away silently. Did your feelings get hurt that he didn't want to take a photo with you? Yeah. <laughs> I had this one person confess I was their sexual awakening. And she goes, can I have a hug? And I'm like, COVID, sorry. <laughs> and she goes, okay, bye, and leaves. And then this lady comes up to me and goes, does she know you or are you famous? And I go, neither, miss. <laughs> 
how private do you keep your personal private. life? Uh, pretty private. It's one of those things where it's like, if I share it with my grandma, I'll huh. share it with Twitch. My grandma has no need to know I'm going to a party tonight, but I can tell my grandma what my favorite food is. Do you have a limit? Do you have something where you're like, oh, that's something I will not share though? 100%. I mean, how much money is in your bank account right now? Like, how, when was the last time you had sex? Uh, it's like, you know, there's loads of stuff that they'll yeah. never know. Do you keep your dating life private? Yeah, for sure. It's not something my grandma needs to know, but I have been on dates. Like, is it a fear in your mind that they know who yeah, you are? Every single YouTuber and streamer has that. There have been times when I've definitely caught on like, this person knows who I am. The worst part is when they lie and pretend they've never heard of you. And they're just like, oh yeah, I might have heard. Yeah, maybe a little bit. You can definitely tell yeah. when they know. And there have been times where I've like had to call off like, hey, by the way, I'm not, don't really want to see you anymore. What is next for Wilderson? Lovejoy's album. Full album or EP? Full album. I also just have so many dumb ideas for things. Like, can I tell them? Yeah. Can you like bleep them or something? Yeah, I'll bleep okay. them. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> I like how this is a common theme in my videos. It's like, tell me your ideas, but the world can't know. Okay. I've got, it's gonna all be like, like we're like, sort of like, some of them will be like really strange. Yeah. Like some of them will just have like, and they're all up and they're all like intellectual. Without TV any footage. announcement or anything? No announcement at all. And that's how I want to start it off. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes sense why we have to believe it. Yeah. B wants to know what you're most proud of in your career. My music in Lamamba. Lamamba, just one element of the dream SP lore? I think it was a pretty powerful part. I've seen like in public the Lamamba flag on like their car. Damn, what? Seeing people inspired and motivated by my work. All right, you got five seconds to shout out or promote anything you want directly into camera. Go. Hi, uh, Wilbur Soot on YouTube and Twitch and Lovejoy on Spotify. Anthony Padilla. Yeah. Subscribe. A small percentage of your viewers aren't actually <laughs> subscribed. <laughs> Oh, it's a large percentage. Here's the, here's the stout on my face, covering my face right now. Oh yeah, it is right there. And now I'm gonna make it really hard. Oh shit, my editor Here's the stat. Here's the stat. Now, now I'm gonna, now rotate the stat <laughs> with me. <laughs> Go subscribe. Well, there you have it. I spent a day with Wilbur Soot and there's just something that is so incredibly contagious about Wilbur and the way that he perceives the world. You are very well dressed, sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, Anthony. You fished you for compliments. That, that's all I wanted to tell you. Thanks for coming on my all show. All right, thanks, yes. yes. Yeah. What was it meant to go from there? <laughs> just because you told me that you like to tell a story with your outfit. Yeah, but just visually. What are you wearing under there? There's gotta be a story that's deeper, hidden right beneath the surface, right? How did you know? I knew. How did you know? Of course I come first. I've got fish to catch. <laughs> Can I see how some of those words are spelled on there? No. <laughs> <laughs>